Hey, how's it going? Welcome back to the Football Diary podcast at the World Cup, where we're two games into the group stage now. It's on a knife edge. We've seen a lot of football in the last few days. It's been about a week since we've actually talked about it. So here we are, me, Dave and Miles, just to discuss our highlights of the tournament so far, which teams have really caught our eye, and also the biggest shocks of the tournament, because there's been a fair few so far. So it'd be rude not to talk about those. And also looking ahead to England's chances against Wales in the final group game. So I'll jump straight in uh, with Miles, I think, first. Good to see you, man. It's been a lot of football to digest. But tell me, what has been your highlight so far in terms of team performances? The one team you think that's really stood out for you in, in the performances that you've, you've witnessed? It's uh, It's been a lot to digest and it's been hard to digest it all with such awkward timings as well. And it feels really thick and fast having four games a day, doesn't it? I don't really remember it being like that before. Mad. So it's been good to see every team sort of get into their swing now. We've seen most teams play twice. Obviously, there's a few exceptions and Uruguay, Portugal being the main one that we're waiting for. But even after a very dull game against the US, I think I'm still most excited by England. And... Okay. I, I think there was method to Southgate's madness in the US game. And I'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit more, more detail later. But having watched the performance against Iran and then watched them keep a clean sheet with four at the back did make me feel a little bit better. I feel like Southgate yeah. almost used it as a training match. And I don't think he should have. I think he should have gone for it and, and should have looked for a win. But it was quite nice to see us just contain because we're going to have to do that later in the tournament and didn't have to play five at the back to do so. Now, there were players that were pretty anonymous in the game that in the first game really shone. So I don't think it was any detriment to our squad or I don't think it necessarily reflects of poor quality. I think it's just a very well-rounded start to the group. And we've seen England do that in their second group game countless times. And it wasn't an issue for us in the Euros. So hopefully it won't be this time. No, I think there's an element of pragmatism there from Southgate, which we're always going to get at some point during a tournament, aren't we? Let's face it. But his record in tournaments is unreal. I think I'm right in saying that he's unbeaten in tournament games, apart from knockouts, uh, where it's been penalties um, or it's taken longer than 90 minutes. Mm. So, you know, we've got to trust his methods, really. But can you see this kind of pragmatism being applied in in Wales? We'll talk about it more in more detail later. But do do you think this was just a one-off to contain the threat of the USA? I think it has to be now because they'll want to win the the game to confirm winning the group. That has to be the the aim. The US really are the trickiest side in this group. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So Southgate making the decision to be a bit calmer in this one, I'm okay with it. If we get seven points and top the group, no one's going to remember this game. Think about the Scotland game at the Euros. Do we really care that that was nil-nil in the end when we got all the way to the final? And England didn't really seem like they wanted much more than a nil-nil. It was a very calm game. No one seemed to exhaust themselves in it. And I don't agree with that. I would have rather seen us go out and try and win the group there and then. But I wasn't worried by it. And I think looking at it, after conceding two in the first game, to not concede in this one, that sets us up well for the Wales game now. We're basically through. He has to just go for it just to make sure we, we ensure that, that top spot, really. Yeah, I think the result against Iran just inflated expectation massively. Yeah. There's probably a, a kind of small part of Southgate's thinking that thinks we can't get too ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let's rein it in. Let's play it safe. Dave, do you think that was the kind of approach he was playing against the USA? Because it was a really dull watch, wasn't it? There was no real attempt for England to get out of third gear, I don't think, was there? Yeah, and, uh, I think you saw it kind of from with the lack of the press that we had from a lot of our front players. We didn't seem to be in a hurry to kind of close them down. 
um, their defence down where it was completely the opposite in, in the game against Iran. Um, I thought uh, USA's midfield played really well. Musa looks like a great prospect for them, um, along with Tyler Adams as well, who we know is, is a good player. Um, so I think maybe, yeah, we're probably just getting a little bit of ahead of, ahead of ourselves and expecting a little bit too much. Um, I know there's a... Is it Roberto Martinez was saying he thinks it'll, it'll take two or three games before a lot of the sides will start to get going just because they've had a lack of match practice, a lack of warm-up games as well. So that could be the case. I think we've just got to be a bit patient as fans, and I know that's hard to do with the last couple of competitions that England, you know, the successful competitions we've had. And um, just see how we do against Wales. I, I, I'd be surprised if... We don't win the game because I just think Wales are a shadow of the team of what they were three or four years ago just because of, you know, the decline of Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey both looked absolutely terrible against Iran. Um, so I'd be disappointed if we don't win that game convincingly, really. Yeah, it was an awful start to both of Wales' games so far, wasn't it, really? I don't think it gives them much confidence going into the England game. But I think we always said this was just an unknown quantity for England, just because it was more of a known quantity as well. It was like a Premier League fixture. So literally, whoever wanted it the most on the day is the one that's going to take the result in some ways. But Miles, sell it to us. Like You're saying England's one of your favourite teams of the tournament so far. Why are you confident that they're going to overcome the Wales challenge in this final game? And what makes you think that they're, they're actually the favourite team to watch for you? I think the performance against Iran showed how threatening they can be going forward. I think the way yeah. that they contain the US without really having too much of the ball shows that they are cautious and, and aware of how to play in a tournament. And I look at Wales and I just think there is, there's no quality there at all, really. This could bite me, but like Dave says, Gareth Bale is not the Gareth Bale that we used to. And Ramsey hasn't really got the legs to, to, to run the show in midfield like he used to. You always have the threats like Dan James's pace or Kiefer Moore's height. There are chances for Wales to catch us. But I just feel very confident that our quality is better. I think they will be very aware that the press are talking about them again after the US game, and they'll want to set that right. They'll want to go into the knockout stages on a high rather than just kind of crawl over the line. So I think they will yeah. go for it a lot more. I think we'll see the same formation, maybe a slight change in some personnel. I think uh, we, we might see Foden start this game because I think Sterling wasn't very effective in this, in this game. Mount, I forgot he was on the pitch at times. I think it'll yeah. be time for, for him to get some minutes and just prepare him for when we do need him later on in the tournament. So the depth England have, the quality we've shown in both sides of the pitch now, because it was lacking in the Iran game, our defensive qualities. But Maguire, I thought, had a great game against the US, for example. So you've allowed him to play himself back into confidence by playing like that for a game and keeping a clean sheet. So I just I, I feel like this England side is much better than we're giving them credit for. And I think our expectations of Southgate are too low sometimes. So I, I, yeah. I, I'm not worried at all. The only problem is and France have got off to a flyer. So we'll probably end up with them in the quarterfinals if we top the group. And that's, that's a real challenge early on. But you have to beat those kind of teams if you want to go far into one of them. That's led me on nicely to my sort of favourite team to watch so far, which is, of course, France. And they play some great stuff. And Mbappe looks fantastic. Mm. Um, not just Mbappe, but Dembele's been fantastic too. He's He's been unplayable, so creative. Giroud's obviously equaled the, the goal-scoring record for France as well. So for me, they look so dangerous, like you said. And I've got this fear. Deschamps is a bit of a pragmatist as well, isn't he? A bit like Southgate. 
that as soon as the tournament starts to progress, he'll start getting a bit more defensive as well because there's a lot of attacking talent on the pitch at the moment. That's not like Deschamps at all. He's got obviously Griezmann there as well, Giroud, um, Mbappe, um, and Dembele we've talked about. Um, even like Rabiot's been getting forward quite a bit, hasn't he? And got himself a goal. But I honestly think he'll probably take one of those forward plays out in the next few games and uh, kind of put a midfield in there instead of just bolster the middle. Um, I mean, they've got... Chuameni, they've got Kamavinga, they've got quite a few midfield options to call upon. They've got Fafana as well, who hasn't been, who's featured in both games so far. So it's not necessarily a massively negative step, but it is definitely not what we've seen so far from France, which has been great and so unlike Deschamps. But uh, Dave, what have you made of France as well? Are you with me on this one that they've been really good value for, for money so far? Yeah, I think obviously the key player is Mbappe. He's absolutely little, you know, the World Cup so far. Um, in those moments, obviously the goals, uh, just that searing pace. Is defenses can't deal with it. Uh, I thought Dembele had a really mm. good game as well um, in the last game. Um, he's showing signs of um, announcing himself, and he's not. He's failed to do it. I think on sort of like international stage, and I think Deschamps has had his doubts over him a little bit. He seems to have changed his mentality a little bit, which is always good. And um, yeah, they've they've dealt with obviously the loss of Benzema really well. Obviously, Giroud's looked like he's never been out of the team. Um, obviously, got that record as well, and they've obviously gained a lot of momentum. And they're going to be tough to stop. I, you know, I've, I've, we've seen Brazil tonight as well um, come through their game, probably not playing the best football, um, but just getting over the line. All teams are going to have these tough mm. games, and I think we need to kind of realise that. Um, that it's not going to be plain sailing every single game. But um, France have definitely been one of the more impressive teams, certainly in these first two games and, you know, qualifying already. They can kind of put their feet up probably for this third game and look forward to uh, the next round. Yeah, I think the game against Australia was a great start, but we didn't read too much into it because Australia was still kind of really untested as a team at this level with the players they've got. But the result against Denmark for me was the turning point. That was a tough game. They navigated it really well. Haven't got a great record against Denmark either lately. So uh, for me, Miles, that kind of showed me kind of what they were made of. It was impressive, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think it might seem a bit controversial to, to say because he's the current Ballon d'Or holder, but I wonder if the injury to Benzema has actually helped them in an odd way because... It's enabled Mbappe to be the star and not be fighting for that kind of limelight and working out the best system for them both to, to thrive. Giroud is much more of a facilitator of Mbappe than Benzema is. Benzema spent yeah. so much of his career facilitating Ronaldo that it seems like now he's in a very different place and he wants to be a number nine and go for goal. Whereas Giroud obviously likes to hold the ball up. He likes to link the play with other players. He's so good at passing the ball and, and he's so good on the turn that Mbappe is really benefiting from the players around him. And like you say, Dembele as well on the opposite side, the way they've interacted with each other and the switches of play, it's fantastic. I still saw a little moment in the Denmark game where they were comfortably winning Mbappe's in his own half and he goes to make a run forward and doesn't get the ball that he wants from Koeman and he looked very angry. And you just, yeah. you just always feel like they're one outburst away from that all imploding. But they have looked very strong so far. And Mbappe's already on seven World Cup goals. So the, the wow. record's 16 at his age and playing for a nation like France, you've got to say he'll absolutely wipe the floor with that, surely. 
Yeah, I think him being at Paris Saint-Germain kind of makes him less in the limelight than he, he should be. Um, no disrespect to Paris Saint-Germain, but they're not hitting the heights that he could be hitting. Mm. He's not won a Champions League yet. But again, that's a matter of time. Which club he's with, who knows? But with France, he's an absolute superstar. So yeah, I love love watching him, love watching France. And when they're at their best, they're just irresistible. I just wish Deschamps would continue that positive approach. A bit like how Southgate puts his foot on the gas when they start getting a bit too attacking. Like I wish that I just wish they wouldn't, you know, because when they are attacking, they're, they're beautiful to watch. Mbappe's got thirty goals for France now as well, hasn't he? And Giroud obviously has equaled the record with fifty. But again, it's another one that he'll blow out of the water, surely. Absolutely, yeah, that's insane, isn't it? The age he's at, and yeah. what he's done already, crazy. And you think it's four years since Russia. He was a kid back then. He was an mm. absolute kid, and he was he was lighting up that tournament. So yeah, yeah what a player, Dave. What uh, what are you saying for your kind of pick of the tournament so far? Which team stood out for you? Um, I've quite enjoyed watching Spain. I think, um, considering what what I mentioned in the preview about their lack of kind of recognised striker and a real target man, a real front man um, who's going to get them guaranteed goals, they've actually been really easy on the eye, like creative, creatively, in terms of their midfield. It's almost like Iniesta and Xavi reincarnated in Pedri and Gavi, really, isn't it? That La Masia Academy is ridiculous. How <laughs> they just mm. keep um, churning them out off the conveyor belt. And maybe not, obviously, they don't have the experience. Obviously, really, still really young players. Um, with what um, you were saying, Mike, in, about France, how they'll probably bolster that midfield. I think when they do come into some of the bigger games, I think they will probably look to bring Rodri into um, midfield with those two mm. um, just to shore it up a little bit because I think they might um, potentially get overrun in that area. If obviously some of the bigger teams are a little bit smarter and look to try and um, take advantage of that. But I, I just think in terms of how easy they make the game look, how many chances they actually created in their first couple of games, even against Germany, I thought they were... There were a couple of players, obviously Ferran Torres, who played really well in the first game um, against Costa Rica and um, Morata. There were there were just so many sort of half chances, half moments where they really should have actually provided a bit of end product, and they didn't. Um, Danny Olmo is up to yeah. brilliant for them as well. He's just such a brilliant player to watch. Um, I, ju- I just think they look really good but I-, I do agree with what I initially said I still feel they do lack a striker um, a man who's going to get them goals and I, I don't think Morata is that player I-, I-, I still think he's obviously know. a shadow of what he was obviously at Real Madrid in his early years at um, Juventus as well I think that will come back to bite them but they they are looking promising, and let's not uh, let's not forget this is a young team. A lot of their defence now as well they've got in there, um, yeah. still very young, and I'm sure they're going to be about. Yeah, they started with the Sensio, didn't they up front? Yeah, he looked promising as well. He lo- he looks sharp. Like, I know a lot of people have said since he had that that injury at Real Madrid, he's not been the same player, but he's actually looked pretty pretty um pretty sharp in this tournament so far so um we'll see where they can go well obviously it's be interesting when you know when they do face um a couple of obviously some more tough tougher opposition in the next round and see see what happens but um it wouldn't surprise me to see them go far in this tournament and maybe cause a, a shock if they if they if they did beat the likes of you know France or Brazil it would be a, it'd be a big shock yeah. because obviously these are a couple of the big 
favourites. I don't think Spain have come into this tournament as a favourite. So it's a win-win for them, really, yeah. if they can obviously um, cause an upset um, to a degree. Yeah, I think the Germany game was a big test for them in some ways because Germany had everything on the line. You mm. know, it was, in a, it was a knockout game for them. Um, and I think the introduction of Morata was actually a game changer for the way they played. You know, I think we've proven at this World Cup and this season so far that an old-fashioned number nine is actually in in fashion now. I think Miles has said it before on this on this channel, haven't you? That number nines are a, a kind of the spear point now, the figurehead. These false nines aren't working as well as they used to. Germany even proved it. They brought, brought on their, their striker and he scored a goal, which was fantastic as well. And such a powerhouse number nine as well. So maybe Morata is that key player they can bring on from the bench to, to turn a game. But Miles, what have you made of Spain so far, mate? The thing is, they create so much that you actually don't need to be that clinical to be their number nine. So if Morata gets 10 chances, he probably will stick one of them away. He's not Erling Haaland, where he'll bury them all, but that's okay if you've got the likes of mm. Pedri putting the ball through to him every five seconds. Yeah, I think Spain have done well. I think they, like England, looked at this game and thought, it's our toughest of the group. If we draw it, that's absolutely okay. I think they fanned yeah. themselves ahead rather than they pushed to be ahead. And then when Germany got yeah. back into the game, it wasn't like they were fighting really hard to get the win in the end. They looked like they just wanted to control the pace of it, and I think it makes sense. They, again, they'll pretty much guaranteed to top the group now you can't imagine them not beating japan although it would be no. very very funny if japan won and top that group that'd be absolutely outstanding i uh, i think they look good i think they look really really good it's nice like dave says to see some of the, the newer talent coming through because we had that generation of spain in our in our sort of younger years where we got to yeah. enjoy their progress in uh, international football because bear in mind they hadn't won a tournament until those three in a row that they won i don't think we'll see that kind of dominance from this generation of the spain but they'll go far. I think they'll go pretty far in the yeah. tournament. I, I, I can see them getting to the semis, maybe. Wow. Well, 64% possession against Germany. Yeah. Only three shots on target. But that kind of illustrates where they're at at the moment, doesn't it? I don't know if it illustrates where they're at or where Germany are at more. Because I, <laughs> I don't think Germany are very good. I'd, well, Musiala aside, Musiala yeah, was fantastic. he was great. He was really, really good. But I, I'd take a game against Germany in this tournament really comfortably for England. I think, yeah. I think they'd absolutely batter him. I don't think there's yeah, anything well, in this Germany team that, that fills me with any confidence that they will go further than the group stage. They might still go out. Yeah, they I have think so. They have to win against Costa Rica. And I know Spain made yeah. that look easy, but Japan certainly didn't. And Japan have already beaten Germany. So who knows? Yeah, it'd be a wake-up call for them. Probably one they need for this generation because they've got some talented uh, players coming through. You see so, that? They went it's out, a reality check, isn't it? They went out of the group stage last time. They did. And England knocked them out of the Euros. So we've not seen Germany be Germany since they won the World Cup, really. Um, so, yeah, Germany not expecting much. But Spain looked like a team with potential. So that's good to see. Um, we've already touched on a few of the shocks that we've seen at the tournament so far. But I'll stay on you, Miles. What has been the biggest one for you? The, the, the team or the player or the result that you think has really stood out and made you go, wow, that was that was unexpected? Um Oh, when you say that was unexpected, I don't know if that changes my answer because I would say Morocco. I think Morocco have been fantastic, but I thought they would be. I was really excited by this team. And I, I said in our previews that that group as a whole was the one that I was looking forward to the most because I thought yeah. Canada posed a real threat. And actually, I think they did, despite losing both games and being knocked out. There were moments where Canada really could have picked up points. They started really well against Croatia. They played well the entire game against Belgium. And yeah. they've ended up knocked out really early. But Morocco have taken their chances and been a lot more defensively sound, which I think we knew they would be. 
But seeing ZH in particular get back into the Morocco side for this tournament after missing out on AFCON has made such a difference for them. I think he looks absolutely yeah. fantastic. And that group now, one of the big hitters, you imagine, is going to go out. You would, you, would, you would think that Morocco will beat Canada based on what we've seen so far. So they will go through. And then Belgium and Croatia have still got to play each other. So that's really exciting. But I don't know how shocked I am by that. I did say, I think one of those two sides will go out at the hands of Morocco. So there's that. Yeah. There's been a few other teams that have sprung a few surprises. But you have to be underwhelmed with Belgium and impressed by Morocco so far. Yeah. What is it about Morocco that you've been impressed with the most? I mean, when I say it's a shock, I think the majority of, of people would accept that they wouldn't be one of the two teams from that group that they would have picked to yeah. have gone through based on what they know about Morocco, which I think is probably very little in a few people's cases. You've done your research, you've seen enough of them and you know how many sort of star players they've got um, who can make a difference and they have so far. So for you, it isn't a surprise, but for us, it is. What have you seen that makes them tick, that makes them work, that makes them a real threat at this tournament so far? They just look so organised. They look like they've got a real plan going into every game. I think looking at their defensive performance in both games, they look solid. You can't break them down very easily. And they've got talent across the pitch that then capitalises on that. It was unfortunate that they didn't beat Croatia. They they really could have. And then all of a sudden, the, the group's tied up for them. They've sorted it. Yeah. But against Belgium, Belgium couldn't lay a glove on them. They just looked like they were always in control. It wasn't a snatch and grab kind of win. It, they, they seemed really like they were the better of the two sides. And that confidence, that organisation, that can take a team really far in, in a tournament. We've seen teams surprise us and get further than we, we've expected. Every single World Cup in my, my generation, definitely. Would you have expected Croatia to get all the way to the final? Of course not. No. Are Morocco worse than Croatia? I don't think they are. I think they've got the same sort of star players and they look as organised. So who knows how far Morocco could go if they keep this up. I think they look fantastic. It's strange that the groups do feel a lot more even than we first predicted. And certainly since the draw was first made, the groups, again, don't look as as obvious as we first mm. thought. And staying on that same group, for me, the surprise, the shock for me is how limited Belgium have been. I mean, it's not for lack of quality. We know they've got quality in certain places. Their defence isn't the, the best, but they just don't look motivated. And that's what shocks me. And Kevin De Bruyne has said in in interviews before the tournament started, you know, do you, do you expect Belgium to go far? And he's gone, well, no, we're too old. We're too mm. old. Our chance was four years ago. That really surprises me because he's a key player for them. Like even even if you've that's how you feel deep down, don't vocalise that before a big tournament. And the effect that has on the players is is huge. And I think they just don't really feel like they've got a chance. And it shows. It seeps through to the whole team. And there's no belief there. There's no drive. Outplayed completely by Morocco, outfought by Morocco. Um, and as you say, they, they could go out. I think they will be the team that will, will, will slip out of this group quite easily, don't you? Yeah, probably. And it's disappointing for me. So Belgium are always my second team. My family are Belgian, so I've always paid quite a lot of attention to them as a national side. And this generation really felt like they could do something, but they left it too late. We thought that this tournament was one too late for them, to be honest. They should have, they should have capitalised on the last tournament, and they could. But we've seen this at Belgium before. It doesn't look like a camp that's particularly happy. De Bruyne's no. comments about the World Cup is not the first time he's been critical of Belgium duty. He's said before he doesn't think there's any point in the Nations League. He said very openly he doesn't think this World Cup should be being played. And now he's there. He's been critical at every step. He doesn't look like he's enjoying mm. his football. 
at all. And that's not what we have come to know and love about someone like De Bruyne. Along with that, there are other big stars. Lukaku's been injured. Hazard, I don't know what to think of Hazard. There was moments, there was moments and touches and glimpses of Hazard being Eden Hazard again, but he just cannot keep that up for 90 minutes anymore. So this Belgium side is nowhere near what it could have been. And also, I wonder if Roberto Martinez probably winds most of them up. I don't think he's a particularly good coach. He's probably wasted the best years of Belgium's international football in as long in recent memory, at least. And there was always a bit of a problem with the Belgium national side where there was a division in the camp between... It's a bit political, but there was always a division yeah. between the, the, the Flemish side and the French side. And that always stopped them from really gelling. And this team doesn't look very connected. I don't know if that's why. I don't know if that's crept back in. I don't know if it's just because they feel like they've been underwhelming, but they just don't look up for this tournament at all. And that's such a shame when they have still got some really talented players there. Mm. Dave, I'm going to get your thoughts on Belgium as well. Underwhelming is kind of an understatement, really, isn't it? What have you made of, of this Belgium team? And uh, can they turn it around? Can you see them getting out of the group with this final game to go? I'd be surprised if they managed to beat Croatia. I just think even with... You know, Croatia aren't the youngest team, but I think they've got more legs than what Belgium have, um, mm. and more desire. They look like you know they've they've impressed me. To be fair, Croatia, I've just thought even Croatia, their best years are probably behind them. With obviously the players, that they've obviously been a lot younger in, in previous years, but they just look like they're more likely to to get a result. Um, I just feel as though Belgium. In the last couple of games, like you mentioned, they've been out for their energy is just not there. There doesn't seem to be any desire to win games. Um, they're over reliant on Kevin De Bruyne, and even he's not had you know a great World Cup in the, especially in these first couple mm. of games. He got obviously it's given terrible. the man of the match to me in the first game, and he said he was embarrassed to be given the award. <laughs> um, mm. I think he called the squad old as well. Um, that kind of follows what Miles says about there being a divide. Certainly seems um, the case to me. Their defence is archaic, really. Um, when you know when you've still got Jan Vertonghen in there, he's not playing at the very top anymore. Um, mm. I just it does worry me because I don't see I don't see what the next obviously, um, generation of talent is and why they aren't bringing some younger players through. They've got um, one, really. I just, that's it. De Ketelaire at yeah. Ace Milan's the only one that they've got any hope for. And that's so weird because normally what you see is when you have a really strong generation of footballers, it makes the youth of your country look up to them and think, right, I want to yeah. be like that. And you'd imagine that they would be able to bring new cycles in and put infrastructure in place to develop better players you see how many England players now talk about watching Beckham Lampard Gerrard Rooney when they were younger it's inspired a new generation to be take the mantle really and Belgium don't seem like they've capitalized on the goodwill that they've developed over the last few years mm. number two in the world but probably not for very long like, I don't think after this tournament it is mad um, and it's fair to say probably hampered by their coach as well. We've not really been fans of Roberto Martinez ever, have we? He's no. not done anything at club level. But from one team that's hindered by their coach to another, Dave, that's been massively enhanced by their coach and a team that's really kind of taken your your heart really so far, and that's Saudi Arabia. And Herve Renard's just a, 
I don't know why he's not looked at by bigger countries, even let alone clubs. <laughs> he's overlooked, but the work he's done at international level is fantastic. And with this Saudi Arabia team, they're so organized. They play, play with passion. What have you found with them so far, Dave? What's made you kind of sit up and take notice from their performances? Yeah, he's got them set up, obviously, really well. I think, definitely, I think their weakness is defensively. I think that's been their undoing in this tournament so far. Um, they obviously got that way of playing with a high line. And what's actually just really attracted me to them is just how they've gone for the win in both of their games. And um, even the second game against Poland, Poland, that was not a 2-0 game. If you watched mm. that full game and even the highlights, Saudi Arabia really, really unfortunate not to get something out, out of that game. Obviously, they missed the penalty as well. But it's just their way of playing. I'm just really surprised. There was obviously a really unknown quantity of, of this Saudi Arabia team because obviously majority of their players don't play in Europe. We don't see them in European football. So, but I'm surprised by the level of quality that they have actually shown. And I suppose we shouldn't be surprised with obviously how they have played because, you know, Renard, as you mentioned, the only manager to ever win two African Cup of Nations with two separate nations, well, obviously with Zambia and Ivory Coast. He's obviously not really made his mark in um, club football. That's probably been a bit of a surprise there. Um, yeah. but a bit rude to him yeah, last time at Cambridge United, no? <laughs> <laughs> but um i suppose what you can obviously mention there yeah mike he's i'm sure he's going to be looking at getting going to a bigger a bigger nation with all just dis, no disrespect to saudi arabia but there'll be people definitely eyeing him up and um but yeah obviously you look at the goal that the one against argentina um salam al desori um his winner the way he brought that down and finish that yeah he's obviously dribbled past a couple of players it was just ridiculous and a great finish as well um so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them playing again hopefully you know they can they can sneak another point or a win in their last game um and yeah, they'll make obviously the next round but um yeah i'm just quite pleasantly surprised the way they've played They've been really well supported as well, which is it can't really kind of go unnoticed really because they're not far away from Qatar, the fans anyway. It's not far for them to travel. But you felt that energy, you felt that noise and they've kind of reciprocated that with the energy on the pitch as well. You're a big fan of, of Herve Renard, aren't you, Miles? And the kind of football he gets his teams playing. But what has he done to this Saudi Arabia team to get them to the heights they're at now? I mean, they beat Argentina. What a fantastic result. Yeah, that was amazing. And actually, I'm sure you've seen the footage of his, his halftime team talk as well. And the passion that he brings is is something that will be very infectious to these players. It seems that a lot of the smaller nations have taken the approach of, we're only here for three games. Let's let's just yeah. see if we can make the most of it and maybe we'll find ourselves here slightly longer. And And he's brought that to Saudi Arabia, which is really nice. In our preview, I said that it's not a team of players that will know, but it's a team of fast players intense footballers who want to move high up the pitch as often as possible and he's utilized that he's kind of taken that unknown quantity and made it something that could be a weapon in itself because Argentina didn't know what to expect clearly and no. it's it's hard when you have a nation like that where I think they might be the only nation at the World Cup who all of their players play in their home country and that to me is it's actually something he's used as a strength and that's that's a really impressive feat for a coach like that 
I don't think we will see him at a different club. I think he quite likes jet setting about to these different countries and trying different things out. And, and fair play to him. I think he's made such a success of it. I, he was always going to be the, the only chance they had of making a difference. I think they'll go yeah. out still, which is a shame. But they, they've done something. And actually, you say it's a shame, but with all the coverage Saudi Arabia have been getting over football over the last few years, it's kind of dangerous that we're all now falling a, a bit for their national team too. That just feels like even more sports washing that's <laughs> coming over yeah. to England, sadly. No, credit where it's due. Um, it yeah. has been a fantastic team performance so far. And her friend just looks like some kind of film star on the touchline, doesn't he? <laughs> he's such a tall, dashing, handsome guy with the same look he's had for the same 20 years that he's been in management, which is mad. Um, I'm going to delve into England now, put the spotlight back on the three Lions. And we've already talked about the results so far. Uh, Miles, you've mentioned how they seem for you like one of the favourite teams to watch and potentially could get even better. But the final group game against Wales is literally all to play for for them now. They have to win this game, else it's knockout. There's familiarity there, we know. Um, are you confident England can turn this game into a formality? And, and what kind of a, a setup do you expect Gareth Southgate to play? Because he's hard to read lately, isn't he? I don't think he'll change the formation. I think that we might see a few personnel changes, as I mentioned earlier. But it should be it should be straightforward. I think even if Wales win, they're probably going to go out because you'd imagine they're not going to beat England by four goals and Iran, or if Iran win against the US, they'll top the group. If the US win, then they'll go ahead of Wales. So it, it looks pretty straightforward, really. I do think Wales obviously will bring that element of passion that they've always done and it being their last chance at World Cup to really make a statement. They'll want to do that against England without even thinking about it being some sort of derby. It's it's going to be an interesting game regardless. But oh, I hate saying this about a team that I'm about to play because it's bitten me before, but I think England could absolutely batter them as well, to be honest. Blimey, Dave, have you got anything to add to that? I mean, what kind of midfield, what kind of forward line do you think uh, Gareth Southgate might play in this game? Yeah, it's hard. You don't want to be arrogant, but I think it's more of what Rob Page decides to play with. I think he's got a dilemma there because, for me, you can't play Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey in the same team if you don't want to be effectively be playing with 10 or 9 men because they don't have the energy or legs to get about the pitch anymore. And in a game where it matters so much, not just to the country, but obviously, you know, um, the UK as well, it's a game you don't want to be embarrassed in and you don't want to lose heavily either. It, it needs to be a competitive game. Um, mm. So I think he's got a real dilemma, really, for me, whether, and Brian Johnson hasn't started in obviously the last couple of matches, which is a real surprise for me. I think he, he's looked really mm. bright when he's come on. Um, Dan James have not used him right either. And it's really come down to Wales that just seem to have been shown a bit too much loyalty towards Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey. And it's clear for all yeah. to see that they're not the players that they were before. Coming to England, who you did ask me about, <laughs> um, I, I do think that Foden will start this game. I just think um, potentially he'll look at either dropping Saka or Sterling. I think it make more sense to not play Saka and maybe bring Foden onto that right-hand side. Uh, you obviously got to pay respect to your opponent, but I think this would be a good match to maybe play Grealish as well. I just think England could potentially... Mm. Um, 
you know, if they need to make changes, they've got those runners on the bench, the likes of Saka, Rashford, who can run in behind. But I feel like it's a game where we can actually really control and it wouldn't surprise me to, for it to be a game where we're going to have 65, 70% possession because I just think we do have too much quality for Wales. And that's a little bit sad to say because, you know, it's them being kind of like a home nation as well. You do want them to do well, and you do want to see a competitive game, which I hope we do see. Yeah. But uh, obviously, being an England fan, we want England to win. But um, I just don't want it be to be, you know, too comprehensive. If if I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself saying that, <laughs> I do. I definitely do. Why not? <laughs> As, if it was what I was against anyone else, fine. But if it's against England, you want to rack up the goals now. I think the thing that yeah. maybe worries me. I think maybe worries me a little bit is we're probably pay, playing Hurricane a bit too much. I think he's getting ran into the yeah. ground a little bit. Um, he's definitely, obviously... Don't have a choice. Had a little bit of a niggle. I think we need to probably give him a little bit of a rest. And obviously, whether this is the game to do it or not, this we don't really have a choice. You can't play... You can't rest him in, you know, in the knockouts if we do make it through, um, which is looking likely. So... But what he also do needs do? a goal, doesn't he? Yeah. He hasn't scored yet. Yeah. So is this a good opportunity for him to try and get his goal? I think there will be some changes and I think he will rest a few players. I think Trippier didn't have a very good game against the US. I wouldn't be surprised to see Carl Walker come back in and get his mm. first minutes for the tournament. I think you're right. I think Foden will be there. I wouldn't be su- too surprised if we saw maybe a change in midfield as well. Mm. Not let Benningham play all three games, give him a bit of a break. I I, I think he will rest. It, it might be arrogant, but... No, I agree. I'd, I think we're good enough. Wales just have very little quality. I think he needs to treat it like a bit of a Premier League game and pick players that are doing well in the Premier League. So I think if he did put Callum Wilson up front, it'd work. I think if he put Grealish and Foden yeah. alongside him, it'd draw fouls, you know, get niggly fouls here and there and get free kicks and, you know, potential for the set pieces. And yeah, definitely, if you want to kind of play it like that, like a Premier League game, put Trent in there as well, you know? He's got... No, no, no. No, no, why not? See that. Because think... if Kiefer Moore plays... That's a recipe for a disaster. That Kiefer Moore will just stick himself on the back post, and Trent won't be able to deal with it. And if Dan James plays, he'll just get in behind Trent with his pace. Miles, I'll be honest this with is you. not the game. For I was him. just trying to get a reaction out of you there. <laughs> it <laughs> worked. Yeah, there, there are games for Trent. If Trent had played against the US, I don't think I would have minded yeah, so much. Yeah. And actually, it might have helped us. He would have been a bit more creative. But this is not the game for him. Out of all of them, I, I, there's nowhere playing no. against Wales. Kyle Walker's the tried and trusted, and I think he's the yeah. tournament man as well. I think he's is a safe bet. And if, like you say, Trippier wasn't great. So yeah, definitely resting him, I think, is an option too. He's the closest to keeping up with Dan James as well. Because if, yeah. if he plays uh, Kiefer Moore, Harry Maguire should be able to deal with him in the air, you'd think. And if he plays Dan James, Walker's recovery pace will be what we need. So I think he'll play both yeah. in this game. I think, I think we'll see Maguire play again. And I think Walker will probably come back in. Yeah, all to play for still in these final group games, including in England as well. So stay tuned to the channel. Please do like and subscribe if you can. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any other platform, please do give us a follow. Um, that would be amazing. Real big support for us going uh, growth into the future, I think. And uh, yeah, keep an eye on us for the rest of this tournament. We will be back in some shape or form within the next week or so. Uh, but until then, gents, enjoy this final round of games and uh, I'll see you when I see you. Take care. Thanks, guys.